Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. There'll be a champion crown on the football field tonight. No, it doesn't have an Eastern Michigan connection, but you can still celebrate with us each and every week as we're bringing our championship performance tonight here on this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. We're thrilled to have you here. Sports Alex are about to get in full swing. We talk about a CFP championship, but Eastern's got plenty of MAC championships they'll be gearing up for soon. You think we're five days away from gymnastics starting, volleyball's right around the corner, soccer, uh, swimming, everything back in full swing. And then you had basketball, a really good week that also gets you excited for Mac play. That's true, Greg. A lot of sports did not get to uh, get going this fall. We were lucky enough to have football. And as you said, the culmination of that tonight with the national championship game. But those sports that were scheduled for the fall that are now going to be taking place in the spring, as well as our normally scheduled spring sports coming your way shortly, as you just mentioned. And we're really excited because we've got a ton of interviews on the books coming up with a lot of head coaches and student athletes from those teams that maybe aren't quite as much in the spotlight in terms of television coverage or radio coverage that the fans might normally get. So a really good chance over the next few weeks to get involved and hear from some of those coaches that you may, like I said, may not have heard of uh, as much lately, but still have so much importance here in this department at Eastern Michigan and still do a great job to represent the blocky in their sports. So really excited for that. We also mentioned, Greg, last week, and, and that'll come to fruition as well, that we've got some great alumni that we're getting ready to talk to. I know that you and I will speak with Darian Terrell this week for an upcoming episode. We're excited about that. And certainly I think he's uh, not only famous for being one of the members of the of the football squad that helped turn around the program, get to the 2016 Popeye's Bahamas Bowl, but nobody can forget that famous picture. Oh, it's him iconic. And, him and Andrew Wiley literally putting the air out of the tires on a moped as they put about 600 pounds of combined weight on that thing. and. So I'm sure we'll bring that up as well. But as you said, a great lineup of sports to come. And, and basketball has already been exciting for us, Greg. We got to witness a couple of games this week that really felt like postseason games in terms of the intensity. And, uh, and that started with men's basketball getting a win over Akron. Yeah, men's basketball, a good win over the undefeated Akron Ball Club. They were able to find a way on Saturday, winning that game, going away. And then the women... After a, a layoff, they weren't sure when exactly they were going to play. Uh, it was recorded they had had COVID issues. Uh, they were just waiting on really test results that got the game pushed back. Do play, come away with a victory. As much as I love Shane Clipfell out in Western Michigan, it's always good to beat the Broncos. Always good to get a rivalry <laughs> win, that's for sure. Hey, Greg, here's a question for you, a trivia question, because I know you like them. Uh, how many players in the Mid-American Conference have five double-doubles this season? Oh, let me stop you right there. 
there? The answer is one, and it's Sonera Skeins. And yes, she does play for Eastern Michigan. If you haven't noticed what she's done on the court yet, you need to go back and look at some box scores or some replays, Greg, because, you know, every game she's putting up unbelievable numbers, already five double-doubles on the season. And it just so happens she has a teammate, well, that she played with in high school in Ariana Combs that's also averaging 20 points a game. So certainly impressive action on, on both the men's and women's side of things. They are very fun. And then on the other side, of on the men's side, you have Bryce McBride who's come in. It was a dynamic score in his high school prep days. Has been slow on that first game, but he has found his scoring touch as of late. Uh, plenty of basketball in store this week as Tuesday the men will be just down the road in Toledo. You can catch that game on ESPN Plus as well as Tom Helmer will have the game on WEMU. Wednesday, women's basketball on the road at Miami. An early tip, 5.30. That game will only be able to be found on ESPN3 as well excuse me, ESPN Plus, as then you'll also then have the men right back in action Thursday when they get Calvin College coming to town to play here. And then we got weekend action even after that. So a busy, busy week of EMU hoops. Well, like Clark Griswold's Jelly of the Month Club, Eastern Michigan basketball is the gift that keeps on giving. This week, like you said, an array of games in store and really some good competition. A Miami team on the women's side that has struggled as of late, but they're always a competitive team if you look at their record certainly play well in every game and then on the men's side you and I talked about it just a little bit ago because this is a rare situation where already seeing a team for the second time in the conference is Eastern Michigan when they travel to Toledo uh, a game that Let's be honest, quite frankly, did not go Rob Murphy and company's way in the first matchup, but they always seem to be able to come back and be competitive at Toledo. The only difference is going down to the Glass City is always a challenge. Might be a good thing not to have as many fans, but keep in mind, there are some fans allowed in attendance in the state of Ohio. So really uh, an exciting matchup. I'm excited to see what they'll do, especially coming off of by far their best performance of the year as Eastern Michigan. Do you think... Rob Murphy and the Blue Crew change exchange some pleasantries to see who can get that dome a little shinier. The Blue Crew, <laughs> if you don't know what they are in Toledo, of course, they're the students that dress up all in blue, usually some funky colors. They're always shined up on, on the dome. Rob Murphy has, 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 he could give them some tips. Rob Murphy is like a skinny, better looking Mr. Clean. And I mean that in the best way possible because because nobody's head shines like Mr. Clean. And hopefully, like Mr. Clean, uh, he'll be able to wipe up the Rockets on Tuesday night. And listen, the Blue Crew, they're overrated. Let me tell you something about Toledo. When your best claim to fame is this, as a city, and by the way, I know you're from Ohio, so I know you're going to sit over there across from me and take this to heart. When your best claim to fame as a city is that you have a good hot dog from Tony Papas, of course, which, again, good hot dog. But if that's your best claim to fame, then uh, we don't even need to talk about it. Come on, we we fought a war over Toledo between these two states. What are you talking about? And you know what? I'm going to go on record and say I'm glad that we got the UP because that is maybe the single best transaction in history other than, you know, maybe going to Dom Bakeries or or whatever. But they call you a troll for living on this side of the bridge. It doesn't matter. It's in one year, out the other. And of course, they'll be doing their fake happy dance if Ohio State gets the win tonight. But again, it doesn't matter because the only thing that does matter is right here in Ypsilanti, Eastern Michigan, Greg. And, you know, you talked about the uh, bald-headed uh, affair between the Blue Crew and Rob 
Scott Murphy. Well, we've got another uh, bald-headed man on the show today, and we talked about basketball, and you mentioned championships. Well, the man that we've got on the show today has two of them, and I know you've got a lot of respect for what Steve Hawkins has done in his career. I do. If you're uh, not familiar with Mac basketball, he is a longtime veteran head coach at Western Michigan. He was there for 17 seasons. This is his first year not in coaching. He's doing some television work, and we've been lucky enough to have him on our broadcast on the ESPN side of things last week as he televised the Akron and EMU broadcast. So he's freelancing. We had him in, and we had a nice conversation with him as well to talk about the status of MAC basketball, how to improve the league, how to get more teams in the postseason, and ultimately what his thoughts are on coming into a building like this, where for a while he had great success, and then Rob Murphy's 2-3 zone changed a lot of things. Yeah, and it's a great conversation. There's a lot of really good intricacies about the behind-the-scenes look at MAC basketball and what it takes to coach that level. But Greg, a really fun interview too, because one thing we've learned about Steve Hawkins just in the short time that we've known him on a personal level is, man, he's a great storyteller. And you're going to get that out of him today. A lot of fun mixed in with some serious topics for Coach Hawkins. So we're excited to have him. And by the way, he's got his own podcast too. And and he's had some pretty impressive guests in his short time. So we feel lucky to have him on the show today and glad that he's been a part of our broadcast. And I know one thing he said is that, hey, you know, it was nice coming here to not have any pressure on me coaching, but we're going to give him some credit because he was still sweating bullets by the end of the game the other day because it's clear that he takes the coaching style and uses it uh, in his broadcast as well. So we're certainly lucky to have him. We are. Give it a listen. And as always, listen for the key code word throughout this broadcast for your chance to take home some EMU prizes as well. We've had winners the last few weeks. You too can be another winner taking home a prize pack just by listening right here on the podcast. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. For many years, we're used to seeing him roam the sidelines, usually in brown and gold, but now he's joined Eastern Michigan as a color analyst as of late. The former Western Michigan head coach and current analyst for ESPN, Steve Hawkins, joins us. First off, how weird does it feel walking back in this building and not having to face Rob Murphy in that zone? I, I don't know if it's weird as much as it is a relief. Uh, um, you know, I had when I first started to do this, Fran Fraschella, I had talked to Fran Fraschella and he said, you know what, Hawk, it, it's you have uh, it's a strange feeling from a coach's standpoint, because as soon as the game is over, you watch one team walk one direction. You watch the other team walk the other direction. There's a winner and a loser. You feel bad for the loser and um, you feel great about winning. And he said, and my biggest concern is whether or not Outback Steakhouse is still open. <laughs> so, you know, there's some truth to that. The first time I called a game, it was at Bradley. The game ended. And uh, when the game ended, I kind of looked over at the play-by-play guy. Uh, I didn't know what to do next. And he was taking his headset off. And I said, what, what do we do now? He goes, oh, we're done. And I as we're done, he said, yeah, we're done. I looked out on the court and there were still players on the court. I, I couldn't believe it. So it, it's been a little fun. But walking back in, I've got a lot of great memories here. 
um, at the convocation center, some of them in losses, some of them in wins. Um, but I've always loved playing in this building. It's such a beautiful building. And I've, I've enjoyed playing here. And whether it was against Coach Boone, against Coach Ramsey, or against Coach Murphy, um, have had some, we've had some great memories coming over here and, and some real battles. You've, you, we talked a few times. You've done a women's game and a men's game for, for EMU Athletics on ESPN. We've been able to see kind of a, a different standpoint. What has it been like for you to, to take that step back and realize and, and kind of observe a lot of other different styles than one you were so accustomed to for 17 years at Western and before that at Quincy? Yeah, it's it's interesting, and it's been an interesting transition. I mean, from a coach's standpoint, I think that the biggest adjustment is you're having to prepare for two teams. You know, before when you're a coach, you know all your knuckleheads, you know, and you know what kind of mistakes they're going to make. Um, but you don't know necessarily about the other guys, you know, and you're, you're trying to figure out a way to win the game. In, in this situation, what I've tried to do is I've tried to bring a coach's mentality relative to preparation. Uh, I still want to prepare the way that I did uh, when I was coaching. Um, but now you have to learn two different uh, uh, two different teams, their players, uh, you know, in game situations, especially close games. What is the other team? What is one team like to run? Is the other team going to uh, are, are they going to try and mix it up defensively so that I can speak from a position of knowledge, hopefully, uh, when we get to those points and times in the games. Uh, but it's been enjoyable. It really has been enjoyable. Coach, Greg and I might get in trouble for saying this because. As sports information directors, we're supposed to be as pretty down the line as we can be. But I know him and I both, you know, go to different stadiums and see different games. And when Eastern doesn't come out on top, we're, we're crushed. And obviously, you've got that experience as a head coach for so many years where, you know, the rivalries and, and that mantra of winning is so big. But one thing I've seen each of the two times you've come into this building as a broadcaster is the genuine embrace that you've had with Rob Murphy. He came down to see you your first game here. And just after this game uh, that we saw most recently with you here, you know, just the the talking and the memories. And you've alluded to that with uh, guys like Dan Dockich and people you've seen over the years and men. How much of a fraternity is that coaching and what impact has that on, had on your life, both while you were still in the game at, at that uh, level and now as you start to, to look at uh, where you're going next? Yeah, it, it's it. You said the word best for, for uh, fraternity. Uh, and, it, and it is, uh, you know, coaches, we go through things and it's a, it's a, a listen. I, I mean, I, there's a reason I chose being a coach uh, when I was young for the rest of my life. And, and I mean, I get to wear pajamas every day to work, um, you know, in, in terms of sweats. Um, I get to be, I, I've never left college. Uh, you know, some people graduate. I never had to. I was, I've been on a college campus my whole life. Uh, but, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, and you're in it for, if you're in it for the right reasons, you're there for the student athletes. And I mean that sincerely. Um, now, having said that, coaches are the only ones, and it's changed a lot over my time, but coaches are the only ones that really truly understand what we go through. Um, and with the advent of social media, um, you know, some of the mistakes that I made early in my career, if I had made them now, um, they really could have led uh, to, to disaster. Um, but, it, you know, Murph is a guy that when he got into the league, yeah, I had known him for a while. Um, but when he got into the league, I told him 
uh, at our very first MAC meeting, him and Mark Montgomery, uh, they, they came into the league at the same time. And I told both of them that I was really happy that they were in the league and that I felt like, especially in the West Division, when we had divisions, I felt like when Eastern Michigan was good and when Northern Illinois was good, um, that it really made for the league to be better, you know, and especially Eastern Michigan. There's tradition here, you know, and uh, given the location, given the tradition here, uh, the unbelievable talent that they've had here, when Eastern Michigan is good, this league is better. You know, and so uh, Murph and I got off on the right foot right away. Uh, we've just enjoyed each other's company. Um, he has, even though we have a difference in terms of style of play, we do have some of the same beliefs relative to how kids should be tough. You know, and, and he joked about it after the game today. Um, but we do believe in that. You know, we really believe in toughness and in playing hard, things along those lines. So we've, in some ways, we're kindred spirits uh, in regards to in regards to those things. So I think that's the reason we've gotten along so well. Our namesake on the Eastern Insider comes from the fact that we like to take our fans on the inside of it all, give raw, honest answers. So you just said, well, you and Murph got off on the right foot. And I won't ask you to give specifics. But are there coaches in the in leagues that you don't get off on the right foot? Because we know players have certain, you know, rivals that they enjoy playing against, or maybe that's a little extra fuel because uh, their opponent they don't get along with. Is that something that happens in coaching just like it does playing? Yeah, it's rare, but it does happen. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of the inside, because my podcast, I, I, I've asked some of the same questions. And uh, it is rare because coaches do understand and there's an etiquette. You're supposed to be mature. I'm not, not all of us are, including myself. Um, you're supposed to be mature about relationships. Same with, with, uh, referees, you know, you're supposed to kind of leave the last game uh, behind you, but if things get a little chippy or if something gets said, it, it, you're human. And so I don't know that I've ever gotten off on the wrong foot with somebody. Um, but could somebody rub you the wrong way over time without question? You know, and and uh, it, it, it's human nature. You, you mentioned it uh, best, Alex. It's one of those situations where just like players, um, coaches can do the same thing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it happens, uh, to be quite honest, to be candid with you. I'd be lying if I didn't say that it happens from time to time. This league has been pretty good about things in my 17 year, my 20 years overall, my 17 as a head coach, um, this league, I, I can only think of maybe two or three guys off the top of my head. And yes, I'm not going to mention names, <laughs> but there's <laughs> only on, on, there's on. only two or three guys that I can think of over time uh, where I went, yeah, you know, I, I, let, I really want to win this game. You know, where, where in my head, it was kind of a little bit more of, yeah, I, I, I want to, I want to win this game here. So uh, it does happen. Here with Steve Hawkins on the Eastern Insider Podcast, you look at the Mid-American Conference and one of the, the problems as of late has been getting teams in the tournament. Only one is the traditional thing. You've seen leagues like the Missouri Valley up their game over the years. In that coach's room, when you guys talk about it, how does the Mid-American Conference go about continuing to elevate its profile? We've seen Toledo and Bowling Green this year off to really great starts. The hard part is even a great start still may not guarantee you a, a trip to the NCAA tournament. No, you're right. And it's been extremely frustrating. I can tell you, you know, we have head coaches meetings uh, pretty much every spring. Um, and you know, they're, they've changed a lot throughout the course uh, of my career at, at Western. But for the most part, every one of those meetings, there has been a huge 
and a significant amount of time dedicated to how do we get a second team in. Mm -hmm. And we, the MAC has done a terrific job, whether it was Rick Christ as the commissioner or whether it's John Steinbrecher as the commissioner and Ricky Stokes, uh, now the associate commissioner. Um, they've done a terrific job of bringing in people to help us. Uh, uh, we brought in uh, people like Joe Lenardi, you know, that has been like, how, how do we get the second team in? And there really isn't an answer and it's a moving target. Uh, that's the part that has been most frustrating. Uh, now I'm going to screw up the years uh, here guys, cause I'm terrible uh, with years, <laughs> but there was a year where I got to try and remember this, but uh, a top 10, uh, RPI league, um, the winner of a top 10 RPI league, uh, at regular season conference had never been left out of the NCAA tournament. And Charlie Coles was at Miami of Ohio and they won the regular season and they went 17 and one, I believe it was. They only had one loss. Uh, now it was when Marshall was in the league way back then. And it was to Marshall and Marshall had come in dead last place. Uh, they only won. I believe it was one game that same year and it was against the top team. It's one of the things that makes this league so difficult is the balance. You know, the first place team goes 17 and one last place team goes one and 17, but they knocked out. That's who their one <laughs> win was. So, um, and sure enough, uh, uh, Miami did not get in that year. It, it, and it was the, for the first time in NCAA tournament, uh, history, a top 10 RPI league, back when the RPI was really used, did not get it. So the moving target is an issue. Um, number one, number two, scheduling, scheduling really matters. Uh, um, and how you schedule, who you schedule, because the one thing that you have to understand as a conference that everybody needs to understand as a conference, other than this year where we're dealing with COVID is that, you know, the great majority of non-conference games are played before January. You know, once you hit January, everybody gets into conference play. Well, once you get into conference play, every league goes 500. Right. Okay. Every, there's a winner and a loser every night. Um, so you build up your conference reputation and RPI and strength through the non-conference part of the schedule. You have to play good teams and you have to win those games. There's no other way around it. The challenge in the MAC is that you play, you're playing the majority of those really good teams on the road. Yeah, and and so we've always looked. I, I got it from Mark Few at Gonzaga a long time ago. You know, when they were building their program, I said, "Can you give me not just how to get there?" Because we it was in two thousand four. We won it. We won the MAC. But after that, um, I, I, how do you sustain right. it? You know, and he said, well, it helps when you have a, a pro at the point guard spot, <laughs> which they had had yeah. every year. Um, but he said the other thing that they did was that they looked for opportunities to play high majors on a neutral court. Okay. And, and not have to go there. And so these tournaments, uh, the ESPN tournaments that you see um, when I was at Western Michigan, I believe we still Western Michigan, I see, still keep calling us we, but I believe that they're still the only team that has played in all five ESPN sponsored right. events. And, and, um, and, and those looking for those opportunities are also ways to do it. And then the final thing here, uh, Greg is the, it's just commitment. Okay. The Mac is in a difficult position. You mentioned the Missouri Valley. Well, the Missouri Valley doesn't have football. They don't have yeah. division one football. Okay. And when you look at resources, um, when it comes time to dole things out, you also have three teams in this league in the MAC in Bowling Green, Western Michigan, and Miami that also have hockey 
and that play in big time hockey leagues. And so when you're trying to support sports um, on a high level at at uh, in football and in basketball for the majority of the teams, but then occasionally in hockey, uh, you know, what do you want to emphasize? You are what you emphasize, you know, and, and uh, for a while I can speak about it now because I'm on the outside looking in. But at the beginning of the, when I first got into the uh, Mac in 2000, it was a basketball league, mm-hmm. you know, it's I, totally flipped. It has flipped. You know, it was a basketball league. There were, there were pros, there were NBA players coming out of the league, people like Earl Boykins. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just a loaded league. And uh, there was a great article actually run in sports illustrated my first year about it being uh, a bus league. And uh, Larry Hunter was the head coach in mm-hmm. Ohio at the time. And he said, just be careful about using that word bus league because it's only one letter away from being Bush. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and uh, there was some truth to that. It, but then the presidents at the time, and this is the other issue. I know I'm being long winded here, but this is the other issue is it, this league has been a stepping stone. That was one mm-hmm. thing I did not want it to be. With my stop at Western Michigan, I really paid attention. My mentor was John Wooden. Uh, He drove it into my head about being loyal. And so, but one of the things you see is you see a lot of athletic directors and a lot of presidents uh, use this league as a stepping stone and they move on. Well, that means that room is changing all the time. So we went from being a basketball league, all of a sudden you get different presidents in there and you get one guy that can be particularly loud. Just, I'm not, I don't have anybody in mind, but they said, why aren't we any good in football? Okay. And then the rest of the presidents say, yeah, why aren't we any good in football? And then the commissioner who answers to the presidents turns around and says, okay, do you guys want to be good in football? Then here's what we have to do. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a a long version of of what this league needs to do to get better in basketball and try and get two teams in. Um, Obviously in a year like this, it's going to be very difficult, but uh, continuity is a big deal. You mentioned continuity. You think of yourself, 17 years in Kalamazoo, a guy like Charlie Coles at Miami forever before that was at Central. Keith Dambrot bounced around the league for a while. You look at guys like that who've really put themselves and this league on their shoulders. and You have to be proud of, of your legacy because – if you look at the Mount Rushmore of coaches in, in the MAC, you're probably right there in the, in the all-time discussion with your multiple championships, West Division titles. Do you think back and 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 say, I know you got a lot a lot of time left. I'm not pushing you out no. the door, but darn, I had a pretty good career. Yeah, it's it's tough to do that. Um, I I think that you know because the way coaches view their uh, legacy, if you will, is probably different than the way fans. Uh, or even administration's view, uh, their legacy. And so for me, all I was really um, loyal to, other than the university, were, were my players. Uh, and there's nothing better. I mean, nothing better than when former players come back or they stay in touch with you. The only thing that comes close to that and that I really miss, you mentioned, uh, you know, that you're not pushing me out the door. Thanks for that, by the way, um, because I still do have a lot of coaching left in me. It's something that I want to do. Um, but it, it, when you have a player, this is what I'm really missing. When you have a player that walks up to you, maybe after a practice uh, or just walks into your office and says, hey, coach, you got a second. I need to talk. Uh, you know that you're getting ready. There's an opportunity happening, uh, getting ready to happen where you can help a young man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so 
when I look back on my career, uh, I mean, I realized I was here for a long time uh, in the league. Uh, I love the league. Uh, you know, I love it. And you mentioned Charlie Coles. He was one of my best friends in the world. Um, I love Charlie. And, and you mentioned Keith and some of the coaches that have come through the league. Um, I, I, you know, I have a hard time looking back and saying it was a great career um, because I just am not big on patting myself on the back. You know, you do. I mentioned Coach Wooden being my mentor. And, um, you know, I worked his camps for the better part of 10 years. Um, I was very fortunate to have a pretty good relationship with him. And we, uh, before he passed away, and we based all of our uh, philosophies at Western Michigan when I coached there around Coach Wooden's definition of success. And Coach Wooden's definition of success was success is peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction, which comes from knowing you did the best to become the best you're capable of becoming. Now, what in the world did I just talk about right there? Success has nothing to do with the scoreboard in his mind. Okay, and you're talking about a guy that won 10 national championships in 12 years, and you can talk to his players. He never talked about winning. He never talked about winning. It did not come up. Here's what we have to do to win the game. No, he never talked about it. Went talking about national championships. No, the goal was always to simply do the best you could do. Okay. Now he knew that if he could get his guys to do that uh, with the talent that he had, they were going to be in good shape. So when I look back on um, my legacy, if you will, uh, I, I can look back with peace of mind. Uh, knowing that I gave everything I could possibly give um, to Western Michigan University, uh, the game of basketball, and certainly the Mid-American Conference. I, I, I've loved this league. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. It's January 11th, and on this date, in 2020, Eastern Michigan Gymnastics opened their 2020 season with a 194.875 to 193.325 victory over Bowling Green. That's why this week's keyword is win. Now, back to the action with 17-year coaching veteran Steve Hawkins, a new member of the EMU ESPN broadcast team. so interesting to hear you talk about that approach to not talking about championships. Just last week, I was talking to Felicia Liggett Jack over at Buffalo, their women's coach, and something she said to me struck me very similar that she said, it was in it's interesting. My whole career, everybody except for me has talked about championships yeah. when it comes to my team. It's more about the journey of the players. So certainly interesting to hear you say that and both you and her very successful. So no surprise that the mindset uh, was similar. You talked a little bit about uh, Matt commissioners and certainly the current commissioner, John Steinbrecher. We had him on just a couple of weeks ago, and one of the best answers he was able to give us is when we asked, you know, obviously for you, it's it's having that relationship with those players like you talked yeah. about. But when you think back to your 17 years at Western, are there a few or maybe just one moment or game where you look back now and you can just still get emotional about how special it was to be a part of? There's, a, there's, a, you know how I, you know how I would answer that, uh, Alex is, um, 
because I, I just did a, a Doug Gottlieb's podcast and he asked me something similar to that. And when I look back and I think about the way I can gauge that, I know I'm stumbling around with this, but is when I get on the bus and there's a moment of peace, uh, it, it's, it's a really strange feeling to have as a coach. You just don't have those. And uh, there was a year in 2004 um, this is going to sound strange, but, uh, it, it was my first year as the head coach and we had gotten off to a blazing start. And, uh, all of a sudden there's a lot of attention on us. We had beaten USC, we had beaten UAB, we had beaten Arizona state at Arizona state. Um, we'd got off to a great start. We were playing at Loyola of Chicago right before Christmas. And, uh, I was exhausted. Um, I was in a, I was in a completely new realm for me uh, because it was my first year as the head coach at a division one school at Western Michigan. And uh, even though I'd been a division two coach, but we we're playing on the road there and I, I was beat. I remember being just really tired. And I, th I just was thinking to myself, if we could win this game and I could get to these next four or five days off and be able to hang out at home with the family, I could, I could get my feet back under me and get a grip on what in the world is going on around me, you know, because there's, you know, all of a sudden you have the early, I mentioned Joe Lenardi, you have the early who's in and who's mm -hmm. out, you know, in bracketology and you're, you see your name up there and it's like, okay, what is going on here? I'm living some sort of alternate life. Um, but uh, we won that game uh, at Loyola of Chicago. And so I think we went to something like seven and one or eight and one at the time and we got on the bus and some of our players weren't on the bus because it was Christmas break. So some of them flew directly from Chicago. And uh, we got Giordano's pizza. I'm a huge pizza guy. And so uh, we got Giordano's pizza and it was a peaceful bus. It was right at, uh, it was an afternoon game. So the sun was setting and we were driving along Lakeshore Boulevard. And um, so the sun was setting, we're right on the lake. And there was this unbelievable feeling of re relaxation. That would be one. Uh, we clinched the MAC championship, regular championship in 2014. And we clinched it at Central Michigan. Um, and so I knew we were going at minimum to the NIT and we clinched a number one seed and to do it at your rival, uh, uh, certainly one of them at central Michigan, that bus ride back was very similar, uh, a moment of peace. Um, but the, the one game that probably jumps out more than any other is Akron had been our bugaboo forever. And, um, it, after Keith got there and so, um, we played a semifinal game in 2014, and whenever you play Kent or Akron in Cleveland, it feels like it's a road game. Mm -hmm. you know, and so we're playing Akron at Akron, or excuse me, at, yeah, at Akron in Cleveland. And, and um, we got down big in the first half, and uh, we weren't playing well. We got down like 21 or 22, and we cut it to like 17 at halftime. And I just, I remember telling the guys at halftime, guys, relax, slow down, let's get it under 10 at under 10 and that, that that's be the then we got a game and we came out we played really well in the second half uh, we actually took the lead and then lost it went into overtime we won that game uh that was probably when i look back that probably was as big of a game at my time at western as we we went on we beat toledo in the championship game the next night 
And little did you know, Greg Steiner probably statted that game. Is he's, he's been? <laughs> I've done uh, the last uh, fourteen MAC champ MAC tournaments in Cleveland, actually. Well, there you have it. Yeah. But no winning team has ever gotten him a ring. I don't understand. He's the, he's there giving him good stats and well, I've got, nothing to do I've got for. two on the women's side. I'm still waiting for my first men's one. That's true. Well, hopefully we'll we'll have a chance at that this year. If we play it like Eastern did against Akron, they may have a chance yeah, at that. But, Coach, all right, one of the claims to fame that we have on this podcast is that I guess it's more of a self-claim to fame. We don't get through any interview without talking about food. Oh. And, darn it, you have talked about food like three times already. Oh, no. In this podcast. So I've got a little bit of homework for you. Of course, you spent 17 years at Western. So I'm sure you've been to Sweetwaters a few times for for donuts. Well, you've got to go on Washington right here next time you're in town to Dom Bakeries because I think they're the best donuts of all time. In fact, named by the Free Press as the best donut in Southeast Michigan. But Greg is a sick trader who thinks that the uh, Sweetwater's Donut Mill is better. So I need you to be our ultimate decider. Next time we have you on, we'll get your answer. Uh, without question. Okay, if you want to get into if you want to get into food, okay, then I'm your guy. All right, I, <laughs> I I love. I'm a big pizza guy, but I will absolutely hit that because my daughter. I have a nine year old daughter and an eight year old daughter, and whenever I go on the road, for instance, we're doing this uh, uh, interview right now after a ball game at Eastern. And so I'm going to head home. If I don't show up with Sweetwaters when I get home, <laughs> then there is heck to pay uh, when it comes to my daughters. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I can take on that assignment. Well, Dom's is literally a quarter mile away. I think you should show up with Dom Bakeries tonight and see well, and no, see what they have to the say. Same. Are we open? Well, of course, open 24 hours. That's, you know. Ca- that- cash only, coach. Cash, cash only. only. That's true. Oh, uh, no. Okay. But I had coach for 17 years. Come on, coach has got some cash. Left. No, well, that's not it. It's <laughs> just when we get into cash only spots, it's kind of like when you walk into a bar and they only served on draft. It's like, okay, you know, you're in a good establishment yeah, yeah, here. True. Something's going on back there. Uh, that's pretty good. So I will absolutely have to hit this. I got no problem with homework assignments involving bakeries. You'll be back in February, if not sooner. So we expect a scouting report next time you're in. But if uh, people want to hear more from you, your newest venture is now Next Possession, a podcast people can get anywhere podcasts. Or if you're listening to this one, go right away and, and subscribe to yours. It's kind of a new venture. You get a lot of, of different personalities and, and everything from coaches to, uh, I know you said you had the Hells Angels president. <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk us through what your newest ventures are. Uh, this this has been fun. I have not made a freaking penny uh, off of this thing. It's just fun. It's a labor of love. I've enjoyed it. Um, uh, and so the long story short is we went through the pandemic and at the early part of the pandemic, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. So I was looking for something to do. And then a number of people kept telling me you should do a podcast. So I decided to do one. I didn't even know what they were, uh, but I decided to do one and then trying to figure out um, the equipment during a pandemic was a nightmare um, because I, when you're a coach, this is what you're used to doing. You're used to sitting on this side of the microphone. Yeah. You know, everybody's already got it hooked up. The, you know, technology, all the... Yeah, your, uh, your video or SID guy is always the one. It's always there. It's always there. It's the same when it comes to video. Uh, you know, I, if, if my laptop isn't working, you know, there was always somebody I could yell at <laughs> and say, could you please get this film up for me? But but no, this is something that uh, it started out as something that I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And then uh, Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight's a longtime friend. And um, and he talked to me a little bit about it. And he said, you know what you should do with segments? Segments go over well. 
And so I started thinking about that. And then we came up with the format and I'm doing it. I've got a producer that's actually a former player of mine at Western Michigan, a guy named, his name is Pat Cleland. Um, he goes by the stage name, Rick Chime, and he's actually a rapper. And so he lives out in Seattle. So he does the, he does uh, kind of the mixing for me and the sound for me. Uh, and then there's another guy named Jay Jackson that helps me out from in town. Uh, and he put the music to it and he did all the music, another rapper, uh, he did all the music. So anyway, between the three of us, I get the segments together. First segment we call the tip off. That's always a question. Mm -hmm. And I answer a question about basketball. Normally it could be about anything though. Bakeries would be a good yeah. one to come up. They, it, it, the more absurd the question, the more I like it. Um, and, and it can be eclectic. The show can be a little eclectic at times. It's basketball centric. Um, but we do go out there. We do a halftime talk. That's always the guest. And I've interviewed everybody from Tom Izzo and Mark Few and, and uh, Mick Cronin and, and Chris Beard, uh, all the way to Dan Dockich and Doug Gottlieb. And yes, the former president of the Hells Angels. Um, I used to, uh, I grew up in Southern California and I used to fight for money. That's a true story. I used to fight for money in front of the Hells Angels clubhouse. They used to bet on us. And so he, we, we, we've known each other forever. And so, uh, we had a good time on the show. He's doing a movie now in Spain. And so, uh, we had a good time. This has just been a lot of fun. And then I do a buzzer beater segment, which is just sort of a wrap up with maybe on my mind, uh, on a, on a particular day as well. Next possession with Steve Hawkins. Uh, it's just, if you're looking for something light, I, I just had the officials or, or the, uh, excuse me, the assigner of officials on, mm -hmm. um, from the NCAA and, uh, JD Collins, who used to be the assigner for the Mac. And if you really want to find something out about officials, I would direct, if you're not going to listen to any episode, you just want to listen to that one. That one is a great place to start because you will find out more about what goes on in a basketball game. And there's some great stories about coaches and referees, but also if you've ever asked yourself the question as a fan, uh, how could that guy call that foul from 30 feet away when there's a guy five feet away from him? <laughs> JD explains all that. So we've had a lot of fun. Well, it sounds very cool. I know I'm going to subscribe to it. We're going to take, take a listen as well. You need to have Kevin Mondro on. I know he has he was the one who suggested you, but in his previous life before coaching, he, of course, was the producer for the morning show in Detroit for Damon the Dog Perry. So that guy knows a thing or two about uh, about how to put on a, a radio show, too. He does. Uh, he absolutely does. The one thing with uh, we, I can't tell you how many games I have sat and recruited, uh, you know, on the circuit, uh, like in Vegas and things like that. And and uh, we have sat and watched game after game after game. And his wife graduated from Western mm -hmm. Michigan. And so um, the one thing that we cannot do, his wife will laugh if she hears me say this, is he's got to take the gum out of his mouth. Because okay? my pet, my biggest pet peeve is people that chew with their mouth open, uh, talking about food. And Kevin Mondro, he needs to, there should be a, there should be a license before they hand out gum to people. Because okay? because Dro is one of those guys that could drive. Uh, he could give a woodpecker a headache with with the kind with the way he chews his gum. But yes. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to get back together with Kevin. He was one of those guys that uh, that recommended the podcast to me. Steve Hawkins, I know I speak for Alex. I've been at Eastern twenty plus years, and you've 
you're not supposed to cheer for the guy on the other sideline, but I've always been a fan. Thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for what you've done. And more importantly, thank you for joining our ESPN team and working with us. And I know Alex has, uh, has watched you from afar too, and we can't say thank you enough. Oh, I really appreciate it, guys. It's been my pleasure to be a part of the league for a long time. And and uh, this right here, calling these games uh, as part of your uh, broadcasts here and, and ESPN has been a lot of fun. It's keeping me close to the game. There's no pressure. All I have to do is talk, <laughs> you know, and, and I don't mind doing that. Um, the only thing I miss uh, Alex is the fact that during the COVID area, there's no more meals. There's no more food, you, you know, up here. They've taken that away from us. I was looking forward to the spreads as much as I was anything else. Well, one of these days when Michigan uh, restaurants open back up, we'll have to maybe go out after a game and show you some of the, the best offerings in Ipsy. Well, I hope I'm back in coaching. Um, but if it if uh, if they open up b- before uh, next year, then I, I've got to. I have no problem hitting a post-game establishment. I was going to say, I hope you're back in coaching too, but I really hope restaurants are open before you're back in coaching. <laughs> that, would make, that would make the two of us, without question. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.